give you an example later. Oh, we're starting to stop me. So what, man? We've been out for two weeks. Ah, uh, yeah, dude. I'm out of practice. I'm out of practice with jujitsu too. Oh, damn it. <clears throat> so how's the new year? Man, it was good. It was fucking good. How's your new year? It's good, man. We um we got to hang out with uh, Professor Mike and uh, Professor Brian and. I tell you what, man. Professor Mike is becoming quickly becoming one of my favorite people. Like on, at the mat, or did y'all go do something? No, no. We went to uh, we we had a little get together with uh, at Brian's thing, but um, I've been talking nonstop shit to Professor Brian since I met him. Mike. Yeah, sorry, Professor Mike. And uh, I showed up, bro. Picture it: black jeans, Converse uh, T-shirt, but I had on a. A black gi top over. It's actually the gi top that I got married in because it's all. It's the origins all black. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, I know what you're talking about. So I I walk in with just the gi top with my belt on. I walk around the corner, and I'm like, and he sees me and just fucking shits himself laughing. I was like, yeah, I had a feeling you were gonna be here. I was like, you've been talking all that shit. So now uh, Professor Mike and I, man, we I challenged him straight up, you know. Uh Told him I'm not. I might not catch him today. I might not catch him tomorrow. But in about twelve fucking years, I'm gonna get his ass. Hold on, I got a question. What do you mean, Professor Brian's get together? He had to get together for New Year's. Oh, uh, this is this is getting really awkward. I mean, I don't know. We did an invitation. Hmm. I don't. (laughs) 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 What just happened? So about that wall that Trump's gonna build. Let's uh, talk about that a little bit. About to build a wall right here. Hey, I I was just invited. I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't put the guest list together. Okay, so that's something you need to take out with. Text with him, him right now. Yeah, text him. This New Year's thing that I didn't get invited to. <laughs> so I didn't show up for a couple weeks. Jesus Christ! So what happens, man? Out of sight, out of mind, buddy. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I was thinking about that because I was thinking about that earlier about how. Um, can you imagine, man, like how difficult it is to be like a gym owner in like, um, I mean, forget about everything else, you know, you're trying to run a gym, the financials and all that. But like, <clears throat> I remember my old coach used to, um, he was a little bit obsessive about it. Like he would train somebody for, for, for months and years and then they go off to college and then just kind of ba- vanish. Right. And he would always get butt hurt. You know, it was like he was betrayed. Like I put all this time in, in, in invested into you and then you're gone. Or the same guy, you know, would come back from college, finish up, get back into the gym hard and heavy, but then he gets his career going and he stops training for a while. Then it was that betrayal thing again, and it was kind of like, man, in this example, it's kind of weird because it's like, dude, if if you're 30-something and you're living at home and your mom and dad are still cooking and cleaning for you and all your job is just to run a gym, all right, you know, like, don't say shit to nobody because I feel like you don't really have real world experiences. You don't have any real fucking responsibilities. So you don't understand that people actually have lives outside of the gym. You know, you don't, it's kind of like, um, you can't get mad at somebody for going off to college. You can't get mad at somebody for starting a career or having a family. You know, it's like, I would love to be at the gym fucking 24 hours a day, but you know, I've got my kids and you've talked about this, Mm -hmm. that fuck jujitsu is great, man, but it's not paying my fucking bills, you Mm -hmm. know? And um, but I started thinking about it from the perspective of like the coach, because I remember how butthurt he used to get. And it actually got me wondering about that. Like, again, forget about all the other stuff. But just from that point of view is like how difficult must it be for an instructor to invest so much time into you, you know, take you under his wind, so to speak. And then, um, you know, you see it all the time. Blue belts quit. 
Um, I'm sure there's, I, I even heard recently that there's a pretty high percentage of black belts that, you know, they get their black belt and then just kind of fall off a little bit. Mm-hmm. They never really quit, but they just kind of stop coming. Bouncing. I'll give you one example using myself. It, when I got my black belt, I went from training every single day, pretty much, to only training Mondays and Wednesdays. I stopped doing no geese, which was Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I did it not because it was like, oh, I got my black belt, you know, you can't tell me shit now, I'm retired. But it was more like something about getting that black belt made me feel a little bit like maybe it's time to give your body a little bit of a rest. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to train every single fucking day because the goal became more about, you know, Holly's journey than mine. But even I kind of was like, I have to admit that even I kind of was fell into that where when I got my black belt, I did kind of scale back my, 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 my training. Um, but uh, for me, I felt like it was just more physical. It felt like I've been beating myself for so many fucking years that now that I got that black belt, now it was kind of like, okay, reel it back a little bit. You know, you don't need to be there every single night, but, um, I mean, I I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like (sighs) instructors have a right to feel sour and butthurt like when they're students you know so we talked about this um, just the other day on the phone and uh, you know i think as an instructor yeah especially well, let's let's relate it to a black belt and we'll say so when you give it when a, an instructor gives someone their black belt i guess there's an expectation of them okay now you have, uh, you know you've earned your black belt you have responsibilities at this gym to be here for other students you know to assist me here in the gym, to train, stuff like that. I, I'm assuming there's respon- there's an expectation from the head instructor that gives the black belt out. Um, but as the student, and, and, and you're in black belt, you're in a weird position when you don't own a gym. You are a student still, and you go to train. Like we're, Just because you got your black belt doesn't mean you don't want to train. Like You still want to do everything you did as a blue belt. You want to get on the mat. You want to train. You want to roll. You want to learn. It's just now you're a black belt, but your mentality typically is not, at least not for me, it's not that much different. I just have a lot more time on the mats and, and learning techniques. But uh, for them, I guess there's an expectation. Okay, well now you kind of, I don't want to say oh, but you almost are, you have a little bit of an obligation to the gym now as a black belt to be devoting so much time to, to being here at the gym and participating in, in training and, and whatever else is going on. So, and it's, what it's weird is for you as a student, and we'll just take my, we'll just take me for an example here is I had a lot of personal stuff that I've had to deal with this last six weeks, I would say. And it was, it was like, it's, you know, family type stuff. I had to focus on, on dealing with, on my relationship with my family pretty hard. It was to the, and I've never missed this much jujitsu ever. And it, it was just to the point, like that had to be my focus. Like I didn't have a choice. Like this was my you know my life that I'm dealing with that I had to focus on and make getting things straightened out and getting things where I need them to be in my personal life so that I can come back and focus on jujitsu as well uh, once I get your personal life in order and I think a lot of students struggle with that you see like you'll see guys who are who've been training 20 years and are brown belts and I think a lot of that is life kicking in and there's times you got to put your focus on what your personal life is because you know unless you're running a gym Jiu-jitsu doesn't, it's not putting the food on the table. It's not, as much as I love jiu-jitsu, it doesn't replace my family and <clears throat> the things I love other than jiu-jitsu. It can't, it's not a replacement for those things. You know, it's something that I do with those things. 
that makes sense. I'm yeah, not even like sure if that like, made no, sense. No, it is kind of like a compliment almost. It's something that's a other. huge part of my life that I love to do. It doesn't. It's not a replacement for people I love. If that, I think is a better way to put it. So, but as an instructor, you're dealing with uh, three, four hundred students, and your kids' students are a little different. We'll just say adult students. So, like, say you get a hundred adult students, which I think would probably be somewhere around that neighborhood at Henzo's, probably, right? Um, you don't necessarily know everything that's going on in every one of their lives. So if a guy disappears for a little while, if he doesn't, if you don't reach out and ask him what's going on and he doesn't voluntarily tell you what's going on or somebody doesn't kind of clue you in, Hey, this is kind of some stuff he's dealing with, then you don't know. And maybe he's just in and then a month later he's back and then he's back for two, three weeks and then he's out again. And we've all seen students that guys that do that and girls that do that. They're in and out uh, of training. And I think it's, important for an instructor i think we look back some of the guys we've talked to since been on the podcast um they're you know as an as a gym owner and an instructor i think you're a guide you're a guide to everybody's journey right because everybody's journey is an individual journey and everybody's journey is so unique you know guys there's some guys get their black belt get their black belts in five years and are heavy competitors and travel the country and and do that kind of stuff and then there's guys that get their black belts in 15 years Right. They're not heavy competitors. They do it because they love it, but they do it, you know, they have other obligations that are very important to them. So they have to balance it with with their personal, their family obligations or work obligations. Um, as an instructor, I think you need to recognize you need to be able to guide people on their journey as best you can. You need to support them. You know, as Keith Owen was said, Professor Owens, like you're teaching people to be to better themselves and to become badasses and all these things. But I think each person has to be you have to just guide them along their journey, right? And everybody's different. Everybody's so different. And you know, I think you just have to be flexible to that. You can't do it too I don't think you can put too much on somebody if you're not paying them. If you got a, someone you're paying, by all means put all the pressure on them you want. But if you got someone that's it's a student at your gym. I think you got to guide them as best you can. Push them where you can. You need to learn and understand how to push them. But, you know, I think you got to think of yourself as a guide. I mean, I, 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 that's the best way I can think of how I would think of it. No, it makes sense. I mean, I was just like, um, it got me thinking because like I said, you and I talked about it recently and it kind of just started, you know, rallying around in my brain. And I was like, man, you know, with so much going on in the gym, you know, especially like at Henzo's, how big it is, it's just like, I wonder if um, it's almost like it makes you wonder, like, is that an opportunity for maybe the head instructor to um, enlist some of his other black belts and say, hey, look, you know, can you guys reach out to such and such? We haven't seen him in a mm -hmm. week or a month, you know. Tom DeBlast had a really good post about this a few weeks back, and he talked about the challenges of being, you know, an instructor and being a gym owner. And he actually goes into detail as far as, like, how – you're 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 in a weird place because you invest so much time into these students and then all of a sudden they vanish and it's just like you don't know how much you should reach out you know am i calling too much to check on you am i not calling enough you know where do you draw the line you don't want to be a nag because you know it's like i don't want to bother you outside of the gym but i genuinely miss you and i want you to come back mm -hmm. but how do you it he even talks about how difficult it is to make to to reach out because you don't know when when you, you know, you become like that guy on the phone, like, oh, he's calling me again, you know? So that's the only thing I was just kind of wondering about, like, just, you know, 
when is it okay to like reach out to a student that hasn't been around for a while and then how much is too much mm-hmm. you know and that's the question that like um i've always thought that jujitsu gyms should, should have some sort of mentoring program like you get a new white belt you partner up with a blue belt and you are his sponsor so to speak you know um hey this is such and such you know he just signed up with us this is going to be blah 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 he's going to be your go-to person your focal point you know you can always come to me as well um he's gonna be a little bit more accessible um he's gonna take you under his wing just kind of show you the ropes and, and show him the basic shit man you know don't walk on the fucking mats you know um with your mm-hmm. shoes on don't go in the bathroom with, without your shoes uh teach him goddamn. teach him how to fucking tie their belts like that's the one thing that's just like Nobody's teaching nobody how to tie belts. Is nobody you teaches how to tie belts. God, that shit irks the shit. You know who taught me. me how to tie my belt? Who? You did. No way. I swear to God. I did not know how to tie my belt. I'm going to call bullshit day, because no, 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 no. I didn't even wear a gi for four years. Well, I, I'm not kidding. I, no, of course, you, Ronnie, you've got to do everything perfectly. Like every, everything's got to <laughs> be like, you know, super freaking legit. Uh, you know, I didn't give a shit. I was just kind of, no one showed me how to tie my belt. Yeah. I just kind of like looked at other people and, and would just, my belt looked terrible all the time. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. And then one day you showed me how you did yours. It was the judo tie. And you were doing that judo tie. Oh, you're talking about after I got my black belt then. Cause this was nah, bro. This is you showed me this. Cause I showed you the super knot like when you got your black. But I remember that day no, when no, you no, got no. your you black. You showed belt. me the super knot, which is cool. This bro, I'm saying we were blue. No belts. shit, way back when you were blue belts, and you showed me how to do that. You you did a judo tie, and yeah. I would never forget it because I saw that and I was like, "Fucking looks good. That <laughs> looks legit." No one had ever taught me, so then I just started practicing it. I remember I went home and YouTubed it, and and found it, and I was like, "Okay." So and it was from you though, and then I just started practicing until I got, and that's the only way I can't even. Half the time I can't even do a regular jujitsu tie because I forget. Yeah. I can do, I just do that judo tie. That's why I taught Lisa the judo yeah, belt yeah, tie. Yeah. That's what she does all the time. She does hers even better than mine because she's a girl and they always got to up you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you taught me how to tie my belt, dude. Bro. That that's fucking hilarious. I don't remember that shit at all. But we like, were sitting in the ki- in the in the MMA cage in uh, at, Elite, at Elite, yeah. Because you know we used to go in there just to fucking roll uh, yeah. for fun, and I remember you showing me, and I was like. Damn, that looks good. Well, you know my motto, man. I I want to look Can't good be first. Good, look good. You know, I want to look good first and win second. Well, that's you know, my, that's my motto. Can't be good, look good. Yeah, man. No, that's fucking hilarious. I, when you said, I was like, you, I was about to get in your ass, like who? And it wasn't me, you son of a bitch, because <laughs> I know you. I didn't even. It was you. I didn't even get in the gate to like forget that, man. Four years, probably a little bit longer, man. Shit, nah, I'll man. never forget that because until then, I didn't really know what I was. Like it's ridiculous, but yeah. no one showed me, and everybody would do it weird. Very few people tied their belt correctly. Yeah, at elite, from what I remember, because I, I and I, I was too embarrassed to ask. You're too embarrassed to ask, right? Like all you learned was that, and then like they do it on, they, they tie your belt on you, and you never really. It's just you don't ask because it's like you don't want to be. Hey, how do I tie my belt? Because you're a 30 year old man. Yeah, yeah. You feel like I tie my shoes all the time. Like why stu- can't I tie this belt? Yeah, yeah. You feel stupid. But you see, you see the benefits of a mentoring program. You know, great. you would be like. Hey, let me show you how to tie your belt the right. You know that I was a fucking purple belt before I knew that your pants, you're supposed to cinch them out. And all through purple, I would just grab them and pull them forward, uh-huh. which would create that huge bunge on the hips. And yeah, it would yeah, yeah. hurt like it was like a knot. It wasn't until I accidentally came across the, um, what's his, the Henner, one of Henner's videos on how to tie your, he was oh, doing the Hollywood and guys. all that. He was the first person I saw that took the, the strings and pulled them out. He cleared out all the slack and then went through the loops. And Bro. I was like, son of a you bitch. You know what's funny is uh, 
they got so many good videos like that. How to tie your belt. He has yeah. a how to tie your belt video. And yeah, he that's goes where through, I saw it. Yeah, and he goes through like four or five different yep, ties. The super knot, the Hollywood, the judo, um, the judo the, and then like a regular. Yeah, yeah. And I, of course, his all look, yeah. of course, they're built like freaking Greek gods, so they can yeah. just wear anything. It was good. But yeah, like that's that's it. And I've and you know I've seen some people do like the real. I think you do the the kind of the one where you bring it around. Yeah, and yeah. Slide the, it out. I do a combination of I do the Hollywood, but then I do the super knot on the front. Yeah. And I learned that from actually Ocampo. Ocampo was the one that showed yeah. me that because, um, his belt just always looked amazing. I was just like, man, how the fuck does he get it? And yeah. his belt never comes off. So that's got its pluses and its minuses. It doesn't come off. When you it do doesn't that. come off. But then sometimes when you're dead tired, now you're tucking your shit inside Dude. your belt because you don't want to undo it. It's like, Try uh, doing that in a competition when they tell you to fix your shit <sighs> and your hands are completely shot. Your forearms yeah. are shot. You have no grip. <laughs> And they're like, fix your shit. And you're like, uh, and you're just shoving it in. Cause yeah, you yeah. did the judo knot and it ain't coming out yeah. and you just can't, Oh, it's the worst feeling in the world. And everybody's just staring and looking at you like, see, I'm going to, I'm going to write it down then. Uh, mentor program. Uh, put that in. Is the that what's coming up next? No, no, I'm not doing any mentoring. I'm just telling you that right no, now. No, 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 not. See, that that's should be thing. like a blue belt. That's, that that's what I'm saying. Because here's the thing. Like, I think that you, you remember when it was, you know, you get this, this, uh, hero worship and you don't, we wouldn't go to any of the black belts. We just saw them like these myth, mythical creatures. And it was I just know. like, Oh my God, there's a black belt, you know? And you, we never approached any of them. And I think that that still holds true to some level. These youngsters are a little bit more, you know, more forward than we were, I guess, when we were white belt. Yeah, yeah. Here's but a question. I'm interrupt your thought. Do you feel? So I feel weird when people are too like, oh, professor. I hate that. Like, I, I hate when people do that too much. And I feel like you know it makes me feel awkward. Like, bro, I'm just fucking Jason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just calm me, Jason. Calm down. But then when someone doesn't do that and they're like <laughs> super openly friendly before yeah. they even know you, then you're like, oh, like you mean they're too comfortable already? They're too comfortable. Yeah. And then you feel like, hey. Fucking check yourself. So, okay. I wanted to get Professor Brian on the podcast at some point to talk to him about this because this whole professor thing. When I thought it was a little bit weird that people get their black belt and immediately people refer to him as professor, especially oh. like, you know, when you see the post, congratulations, professor. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the dude's like 27. Like, I'm not getting ready to call no another dude professor. Like, get out of here with that shit. Like, right. You know, um, my old professor, I called him professor, but his son, I called him coach, you know, and I just because he's he was a younger guy and I just felt like I'm not calling you professor. That's just weird to me, you know. Mm -hmm. And then um, one of the most uncomfortable things that happened when I got my black belt was when people started calling me professor. I didn't know how to take that because it was my understanding that and and you, you, you can you can talk to a lot of people and. I've heard so many different stories behind this, but it's my understanding that you're technically not supposed to be referred to as professor until you've been a black belt for two years. Mm -hmm. Other people have said, no, that's not true. When you become, when you get your two year anniversary, all it means is that you're eligible for like a stripe or something if you've been teaching or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. So I've heard a lot of different things. Now, since I was a purple belt, at my old gym, people would just call me professor. That became like my nickname and it just stuck. Everybody just called me professor. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a good balance because it still had the the the, the end piece of the, the 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 respect side and the professional side, so to speak. But then the beginning was very kind of informed when, hey man, I'm, I'm you know, when I'm not 
some fucking magical guy, you know, I'm right. still just an ordinary guy that just happens to be higher belt than you, whatever. So I always liked that balance. When people were calling me professor, like I never had a problem with that. But as soon as I got my black belt, one of the first people I remember calling me um, professor was, was well, I guess I can call him professor now too, Professor Ruben um, Coronado at a, a CEV. And uh, it just weirded me out because, again, I was of the mindset of it's supposed to be every two years. But then other people say, no, it's like as soon as you get your black belt, like you've earned that. You've put in all that time to be called professor. And I just like I'm with you. Like it it weirded me out when it happened. And even more so now at Henzo because there's so many students and um, there is like you feel that that respect factor and it's 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 a really cool thing but at the same time sometimes it feels like a little bit overwhelming like you know it feels that you feel that weird pressure like you have to know all the answers because they're calling you professor and it's like i don't have all the answers man i'm just a guy that's been training for over 10 years and i just i'm the guy in the mat that's been tapped out the most that's all this belt means mm -hmm. and it just means i didn't quit it doesn't mean i have all the answers but i'll be happy to fucking troubleshoot whatever with you and if, mm -hmm. if i don't have it we'll go find the answers with somebody else another higher belt you know but professor dude it fucking weirds me out i never i don't think um i don't know that i've had a lot of like a lot of situations where people were didn't call me professor but i do know what you're talking about with like the whole you're a little bit too comfortable you know yeah. um i noticed that in the situations where people are a little bit too comfortable it's almost always a nogi because a lot of people that don't know you or are visiting they don't know what belt you are, so yeah. they get a little bit too comfortable. Um, but, I mean, I've never felt the need to tell somebody, hey, you know, show me some respect. You know, I'm, I'm the black oh, belt no, no, here. No, it's no, like no. I never no. say it. I did tell you about the kid, though, that was fucking monologuing when we were rolling. You know, that kid. I, I felt like had I had this been a few years ago, I would have gotten his ass real good. But yeah. it actually made me laugh. But at the same time, it was like damn, that's kind of fucked up what you said to me, you know? Like, that was a little bit rude, uh -huh. you know, because I am older than you. I am a black belt. We weren't Nogi, though, so... Nogi is weird. Uh, if they don't know you, then, you know, they may not know. And it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. I just think it's... <clears throat> there's, like, a little weirdness to it, man. It's still weird for me. And I don't know the rule on the professor thing. I, I've heard... I think I've heard both ways. I've heard, no, when once you get your black belt you're considered professor and then there's some other schools of thought that are uh no you have to do so many years and something else and then you're considered a professor so i don't know it, it doesn't i don't think it's that big a deal you know yeah you, you know you earned your black belt you earned your black belt and, and now it's you're you're still you're definitely an instructor you know whether you like it or not right you're, you're an instructor as a black belt like I, there's no if ands or buts on that and i've heard actually i've heard a little bit of a that the two white mark, like if you have a with your black belt, if it's the white bar, you're a competitor. Well, no, no, not, the, not that part, but on the red bar, if you if it's if it's if there's two white mm -hmm. bars on the outside, that signifies a teacher. And if you don't have the two white bars on the outside, that does not signify a teacher. Yeah, I thought it was. I just thought the red bar meant. I just thought that the the white bar is for competitors. Like if you look at Bouchesha's belt, yeah. It's just a white. Well, bar. A lot of, like Brian has one. Actually, yeah. I've been thinking about getting one for for when I compete. Uh, once I get back into training mode enough that I can compete, um, and then the red one for. It's so weird when you get your black belt suddenly you start collecting belts. Isn't that weird? Like I, I've got like already got like four black belts. 
Well, you know, I, I think that, that the one thing for me is like, I've always been kind of like a gihor and even with my belts, like I've always had at least two to four belts, you know, one that was, it's always in my bag, one that's always in my car, one that was always at the gym. Right. And then you, I don't know, you just always would have one just laying around somewhere. But like, I've never had that, like, like I hear, you know, you, you know, you were there when, um, uh, Roberto Cyborg Abreu was talking about how someone offered him like a hundred thousand for his belt, you know? And he was like, nah, man, this shit's priceless, you know? And, um, hell, um, Henzo Gracie has a story where they broke into his car while he was in Brazil and he went to like the head guy of the favelas and was like, give I want my fucking belt. Like, I don't give a fuck about, give me that fucking belt, you know? And it's like, I don't have that attachment to my belts. Like, and I guess it's because I have so many, like now you say you got four, like if somebody stole my black belt, I don't think I would lose my shit over it. But again, it's like I'm a new I black think belt. I, would. I don't think I would because I've got two of the exact same belts. Yeah. And here's the fucked up thing. The belts that I wear now, it's not even the belt that I received. My, like, okay, let me put it like this. I think that if I was going to, you know, how you do those weird little shrines to your belts right. and you hang them up or you put them in a frame. If I was going to do that, I would probably use the black belt that I received like yeah. when, I, when, it, when it was put on me. But that's not the belt that I use because I'm not a fan of Fuji. I just never liked their belts. And that's what I got. I got a Fuji when I got my black. Um, and so, uh, you know, now I wear the Mirkatsu. Um, I love their belts. They're, they've got, they're just, they're just, I, I love the look and I love the, the, the thickness of them. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, if somebody broke in my car and stole my belt, like, I don't think it would. It's not that I don't care about my yeah. belt, but again, I've got another one. I've got two of the exact same belts. I would be upset. Like, like I, I have, so I have the the one that Brian gave me, which happens to be a gameless. He also gave me a shoulder roll. Um, I you know I don't wear the gameless anymore because I got the I started wearing the shoulder roll one, and then um, Tony bought me the Mirakat two one, and he but he put my name on it. Yeah, it's, it's the same cool. one you got. Yeah. And uh, you got a little butthurt about because I popped up with it. Like, hey, this is Chris's gift. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like that. It's a really nice belt. They 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 built. It's just like the Shoei roll belt. Actually, it looks. I think they use the same manufacturer because uh, it's it's even got the similar tag on it. Probably yeah, they're all using the same dude. Yeah, and uh, but I like them both. I like the the the. I really like it a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I I would be kind of upset. I'd be pissed if somebody broke in my car. And stole my bag, and like I'd be pissed because my monkey tapes in there. I'd be pissed if they got a gi, you know. Yeah, I'd be, be pissed about pissed. that stuff. But I, I don't have like an attachment to to like the belt because it's I've got two of them. So it, yeah, it but don't be. you look at that belt? So when you look at the fucking, do you ever just look at your black belt and be like, holy fuck? Only like the first <laughs> month. Like, Come on, no, I you don't swear still to God, look at I, it like. Jesus Christ. I don't like literally when I got it, it was like, holy shit. You know, I would, I got the belt and tried to make my wife sit in the back seat Cause I wanted to put the belt in the driver on the passenger side with the belt around it, you know, like make sure yeah. the belt didn't fall over. She grabbed my shit and threw it in the back of the car, you know? But like, yeah, like when I first got it, it was like, like the novelty was like, Oh my God, you know, I've got a black belt, you know? And I would, I would carry it in my hand, you know, like it was just, it was weird. Like I didn't want to put it down. Yeah. Um, and then I ordered two, two other black belts from like there. It's, it's pronounced like Pranda or something. P R A N D. It's, mm. it's weird. Anyways, I ordered two belts from them, got them. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, well here's 
my belt that I got is my black belt. This is a new one um, because that's another thing. Okay, and I don't know if this is a preference thing, but you you know some guys that have their belts. Like if you look at Professor Bryan's or um, Professor Mike's, their belts look like they've been through some shit. Like yeah. they've seen a lot. They've you know these the those belts have taken a lot of fucking white belt souls, man. They're like frail, frailing and oh, like gray. Pain. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that like that shit. That belt's been through some shit. For me. I prefer my belts to be um, brand new and Fresh. stiff. Yeah. I, I don't like the, the floppy. floppy look, just, I don't either. I just can't. I like it to be stiff and to have a nice look. Yeah, I love. The same way. I the love same way. the. Yeah, it's got to be nice and tight. I think that's why stiff. I already got four, so I can just swap them. Yeah, out. I just swap them out because I figured I don't want to. I don't want it to yeah. get all old and, I'm and with crusty. You. I'm with you on that. But I will say this: when I look at Professor Brian's belt or Professor Mike's belt. That does make I do appreciate looking at their belts and yeah. I because I, I can tell like, fuck, man, can you imagine they probably have forgotten more shit than, than we know, uh, you know, at no, this point. Sure, sure. And I think if my belt ever got to that point, then there would be that connection or that attachment that, man, you know, I've had this belt for seven years. You know, I've been a black belt for seven years or 10 years. Well, you now, know, you what's know? weird is, you know, because uh, I know Brian's got multiple belts, too, that yeah. he wears, but I'm sure he's got that one that's his original that he's. I'll have to ask him. We need to ask him that. Like, is that the original black, or have you changed it out? Well, or? I know that in the on, over the counter they've got like a like belts. I thought those were his. Like, yeah, but they don't. I don't think he has a black belt in there. Nah. It's just his white through brown. It's a good question. Because I've, I've had to wear those before when I've forgotten a belt. I just grab one of those. Oh, fuck, is that not the most? Talk about the worst thing in the world. He told get, me to do it. No, I know, but what I'm saying, you know that when you get to the gym and then you look around, you're like, well, you Fuck. don't have your belt. Yeah, dude, I can't tell you. Like, I remember one time, I was so upset because I wanted to train so bad. I and then I didn't have my 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 belt. I was a brown belt, and I was so upset that I just kind of sat there and powdered. And like people were like, "What? You're not training?" I was like, "Nah, I forgot my belt." And they're like, "Man, get your ass on the mat." And I was like, "Nah, it's just it's a bad example." You know, I, you know, we had a lot of younger students, yeah. and I was like, oh, "I don't want to set a bad example." And then Ocampo saved the day. He actually had a judo belt. But it was one of those weird belts where it was too short to go around twice, but it was <laughs> too long to do it once. So I had to one knot it and the thing was, was it like, like a, down. Did it look like karate belt? It did. Like it went all the way down to my yeah. knees, dude. But it was those like the worst looking fuck, belts. You know, it's like, hey, I'd rather get some jujitsu than no jujitsu. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like another thing, I hate being late, but there's times where you just can't help and it's like you have to make the decision like do I just go home and get no jujitsu or do I fucking try to get in there and get at least two rounds, you know, and hope that somebody will stay after class, you know? Yeah. So, you know what, since we're talking about that, what are your thoughts on this? Like <clears throat> it used to fucking bug the shit out of me when people would come in late. Like mm. I remember training with this one dude that was like consistently late, but, and he was a piece of shit. Like this guy was just a piece of shit to begin with lower belt. I get it. I see it a lot with higher belts. When you get to Brown, Especially black, you know, they're kind of, they get a little bit more relaxed. But this guy was like a white butt or something. Come, he would always show up late. And I just remember he would, he would just argue me. And I talked to this one dude about it. And he was like, let me ask you something. He goes, how does him being late affect you? And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, it just pisses me off. He's like, no. He's like, but how does it expect, affect you with your learning? And I was like, it doesn't. He's like, well, how does it affect him? And he, I was like, well, he's just missing out like on 20 minutes of, you know, warm ups mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, the skills. And he's like, so he's getting shortchanged. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. He's like, well, Sounds like the only person losing here is him. He's like, so why are you worrying about it? And when he told me that, it kind of made sense, and I kind of backed up a little bit. So like now it's like I I understand a little bit better that I get it. Shit happens. 
I don't stress out or if I'm teaching and somebody walks in late, I get it, shit happens. But I'll tell you what, the one thing that still fucking drives me bananas, man, is like when class starts and someone is there and they're fucking around, doing whatever, you know, like last night there was um there was somebody that was there shit before I got there. Class has started, we're warming up and they're dicking around with a gi and it's no gi night. Mm-hmm. Trying on some gi or some shit. And I don't remember what the, I don't know what the, all the details were, but it was like they jumped in pretty much like 20 minutes into class and that bugged the shit out of me because I was like damn you were fucking here like you couldn't do that shit after class mm-hmm. like you had to do that for fucking all through warm-ups I still feel like the only two things that kind of still grind my gears as they say <laughs> is when someone is there and they fucking you. it I perceive it like you're purposely trying to miss the warm-ups or when we're doing warm-ups and you know how you do floor exercises and you're always supposed to jog back and they're walking back mm-hmm the walking back shit fucking irks the shit out of me, man. Because I feel like it's a warm-up. That's what it's for. Like, it's designed to get you mm-hmm. warmed up, get a sweat going, get your blood going, you know, stretch everything out. And if you're walking back, you're not... F- I'm not saying you got to be in a fucking full-on sprint here, you know. But jog it out, man. It's get your fucking body warm. Like, that's the whole fucking purpose. So... How do you feel about people being late? Because I know Tony got in your ass one time because somebody <laughs> snuck, snuck on the mats. He did. Uh, you know, so first of all, it's 2019. So pick a, pick something else other than grind your gears, old man. There's There's got to be better uh, I know, right? terms, well, I picked it up from terms in common usage. But uh, second, have you ever heard of, um, and, and be with me here, and go with me here because this is going to circle around. Have you ever heard of uh, the broken windows theory in law enforcement? No. So and there's this theory in law enforcement that came out a long time ago. And I'm asleep. And it's it's called broken windows theory. In other words, if you have a neighborhood, right, and everything yep. looks great, and then say someone breaks out a window in a car or a house and you let it sit, well, eventually someone's going to break out another window and someone's going to break something else out. And you're going to start to see uh, that neighborhood degrade. Oh, shit. And you're going to see an increase in crime. And they've actually been able to statistically link this. To show where you where that when that is allowed to happen and people don't fix things right after they get broken and and things are allowed to remain in poor poor condition in a neighborhood, it it just degrades the whole neighborhood and crime increases. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I will relate it to jujitsu to jujitsu in this way. In your question, you had two you had two particular things you brought up. One, people showing up late. Two, uh, people not uh, let's see running back during warm ups and doing the stuff they're supposed to be doing. Um, no, so let me correct you. I don't care if you show up late because I get shit happens, mm-hmm. but don't be on time and then fuck off for the first fucking well, 15, 20 minutes of Right, and training. so we'll, we'll bring that into the, into the place too. So here's the thing. There's a difference between showing up late because you don't have a choice and it's the only time you can get there. Yeah. You're coming off work, picking up your kids, Makes meeting sense. the wife, whatever it is. The best you can do is 10, 15 minutes when the class starts or you don't get to train at all, right? There are people who that's their, that's their yeah. situation. And... Normally, they talk to the professor or coach or whatever about it and say, hey, this is the best I can do. And they're always like, just show up when you can show up and then hop in, right? And then there's guys who just are late because they can be, because they want to be, because they don't want to put in the effort to get there on time. Um, I think what happens is when you allow that, as a, when you allow that to be the norm for somebody, you're going to see other people start to do it. And then you're going to see your class discipline break down. You're going to see people just showing up when they feel like showing up. And then you're going to get a group of people who always are 20, 15, 20 minutes late. And that's a disruption to the class. That's a just, 
one, it irritates people who show up on time and put in the effort in warm-ups and, and uh, stay for the whole class. It disrupts them. It disrupts the instructor who's in the middle of teaching and has people walking onto the mat or waiting for, you know, hopefully waiting for permission to walk onto the mat while they're teaching or giving someone an instruction or doing something that, you know, not, they're taking their focus away from people on the mat to deal with someone coming in late. So I think if you allow one person to do it on a consistent basis with not a good reason, um, you're going to just see a breakdown and people, you know, you're going to get a consistent group of people who always show up late and disrupt the class. Uh, and I think that leads to the other part, people who don't take their warm up seriously or people who don't respect the other people in class and put in effort during the warm ups and effort during technique. You know, the same guy that's not going to put in the effort doing the warm up going down the mat and who's not going to put in the effort to, to jog back to do the next <coughs> technique or next warm up is also going to be the same guy that doesn't want to do that. You know, their, their partner is going to get short shifted because he's not going to want to do the technique as many times as his partner wants to do the technique. He's going to bullshit. He's going to want to lollygag <coughs> instead of working on the technique and getting better. So I think when you allow that breakdown and discipline in your class, you're going to short, you're going to short shift the people who are there to actually learn and work hard and get better. And I think you, you've got to put your foot down. And yeah, Tony got in my ass about it because Tony's been a martial artist for, in, in the example for people who don't know, my brother, you know, he's, gosh, 30 years, martial, you know, a, a martial artist. Right. Uh, he's purple belt in jiu-jitsu before he got hurt, which I was a purple belt at the same time. He would be a black, he'd be a black belt now. Uh, black belt, multiple other traditional martial art disciplines, ran his own gym for 15 years, maybe, maybe 20, I'm not sure. Successfully, very successfully, successful competitor in taekwondo and in kung fu successful he won trophy he won state championships he was very good and he would not have that like he i was teaching class one day and he's there watching and it was a no-gi class some guys came in late it's a friday night and they just kind of ran onto the mat and i didn't even see him i probably would have said something but i didn't even see him and uh he got, got into my ass like why are you letting that happen like why would you allow that like, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful for your students that are there. It's disrespectful to you. It's disrespectful to the gym. Like, if they show up late, they got to wait for your permission, you know, and they shouldn't even be showing up late anyway. And um, so I took that to heart. Now, if I'm <coughs> teaching class, you know, or if I see it, I'll check somebody. I'll say, hey, you need to wait till the coach professor gives you permission to come on or, <clears throat> you know, whatever. I'll definitely make a say something to him. Not like a dickhead, yeah. but I'll just say, hey, man, out of respect, make sure you do this, you know. So I, that's that's my take on that. See again, that could be a mentoring thing right there. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. You're right. There is probably some of that they don't know. But uh, you know. So I'll, I'll I'll throw a scenario at you. But before I do, I just want to remind you that it is a new year, 2019. Nobody's fucking saying lollygagging anymore. Every so people say lollygagging. People the time. don't say that shit. So don't say that. Veterans shit no more. do. So there you go. Anywho, all right. So I have another scenario. What about if the you guy? watch Band of Brothers? You'd understand uh, lollygagging is a term that's always in common. Show ever. Anyway, go to your next thing. All right. So what about this scenario? Does this guy get a pass? Let's say that uh, guy does a seven o'clock class, right? Seven to eight, and then eight o'clock starts, and he's just kicking it on the bench. Oh, that's a good one. And then we do all the warm ups. We start the technique. He he um, audits the class and then figures out. Hey man, that shit looks pretty cool. I think I'm gonna jump in this class. Right. But you sat there for thirty fucking minutes and didn't participate because you wanted to see if this was something you you would want to do. He sat there for thirty minutes. He just waited for live training, basically. Well, I had, I had this happened last night, uh, and it was 
it was a guy. I it was a guy, um, which was super weird because he was in no gi already. He was in gi class. Well, I guess he must have took his gi. I don't remember. But when eight o'clock class started, he was all ready for no gi, which was what was getting ready to go on. And I s- literally, I remember telling the coach at the time. I said, "Hey, I said, what's up with that dude?" I'm like, "He looks like he's ready for no gi." Does he not know he can jump in because the you know how um, the earlier classes mm-hmm. fundamentals, and a lot of fundamental guys are newbies, and so I don't know if maybe they he thought I really thought well maybe he thinks he can't come to the class because you know it's an advanced class yeah it's an advanced class and I remember telling mm-hmm. the coach I'm like is that guy not know he can come because he looks like he's ready to rock, and coach was like I'm not sure, but and then so I kind of like throughout you know the first 15 20 minutes I every, I would kind of peek over and he just looked really interested in class but he wasn't jumping in. And then when we partnered up, he just magically sneaks onto the mat, and I look up, and now there's a there's a, there's a group of three because of him, and I'm like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, my first thought was, "I don't know that I care that you missed the warmups because mm-hmm. I know you just did a whole fucking class, so you're probably good on that." I still think like, for me, I've always if I'm if I do one class and there's warmups in both, I'm gonna do fucking both, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that's just how we came up. Um, not so much these days, but, um, you know, in the past, but like, I just thought it was a weird thing. And I was kind of like, I kind of feel like if you just, uh, like, I, I remember these hardcore guys at mother gym where they would get through an hour of like, uh, cardio kickboxing and then come to Nogi and then Nogi's fucking warmups were brutal and they would do them. And I was just like, Hey man, you're good. Like, I remember thinking like, <laughs> you just put in a fucking hour of getting your ass yeah. handed to you. Like. You should probably sit this one out till we get going, you know, but these guys would push through it. But I don't know. Like, so what are your thoughts on that? If you yeah. just did a class, should you have to do warmups for I, the next class? So I see this a lot. You see this a lot. And like, especially if you teach classes back to back, Yeah, you'll teach like a fundamentals class and then an advanced class and there's or advanced and fundamentals. Like we've had it both ways and I've seen guys in advanced class can be pretty, pretty intense. And so guys will go through advanced class. And then I would start the fundamentals class, and I'd see a lot of the guys from advanced. They'd sit down and catch their breath because they've been just been rolling for thirty minutes. And I've always like been a little bit torn about it. Like, you should probably jump in, cl- in into class during warmups. But then I thought, yeah, but they just fucking they just worked hard for an hour. Like, it's okay. I think it's okay to hey get your breath. We're not professional, at, you know. Some some yeah. maybe some guys are, but most of us most guys are not professional athletes. So. Hey, get your breath. Let these guys get their warm up in, and then when we start technique, a lot of them will just jump in once we start teaching technique. And so I've always been kind of okay with that, because again, you're you're putting in a lot of work. And the what's the purpose of the warm ups anyway? Typically, is to get your body warmed up and ready to go. Although a lot of the warm ups, I think, and I try to do this when I when I do have people do warm ups, have them do techniques that they need to learn. Like because you know, it's this, gonna translate it into, translates yeah. to rolling. You know, your technical stand ups, your hip escapes, your things like that. Uh, you know, your whatever. Um, try to do those things during a warm up because it helps you. The better you get at those, the better you can actually live train and, and perform other techniques. But um, yeah, I kind of that's the way I feel about that. As far as if you've already gone through a hard class, I think it's okay to you take a, a break. I do. I give them a pass on that. I think it's okay. I think it's mm-hmm. okay. Now, if you wait till live training to jump in at the next class, I, I don't like that. That's not cool. Like. It, at least but are you gonna make a double standard if it's a black belt that does it? A black belt's get passes on just about oh, everything. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. The black belts don't get passes on just about. Um, 
I think black buds do get a pass most of everything. And I'm not saying it that I'm not saying that that's an absolute, but it just seems kind of like the norm that, you know, um, it's not frowned upon as much. You know, we got um, one black belt that likes to just jump in during rolling all the time. Well, you know, I I think last week um, I was in the back training with Dave and then, you know, Brian was giving a shit, you know, oh, hey, there's a jujitsu class going on over here. So, you know, totally got peer pressured. But it was like. That was like him engaging me, like, you need to come over here and train with us. Yeah. And I felt weird, like, damn, dude, they're like 30, 40 minutes into class. I'm just literally jumping into live rolling. It's I feel like that's kind of a dick move. You know, like I wasn't in the class for yeah. technique. Um, but it's just because I don't normally do that kind of shit. You know, I normally try to be there when class mm-hmm. starts and go through whatever, you know, the whole thing. Um, but yeah, man, I think it is weird that there is a double standard, you know, when you get a black, but it's just like, it. I think you earned it. Well, it's, I, I don't even think it's a double standard, but it is it's because just, it's like, you're, it is a double standard. Cause whether you earned it or not on some levels, it's like, it does, whether you see it or you don't, I think it does kind of reinforce a bad habit. You know, if my black, if the black butts are always late to class, you know, or if they're not doing, you know, warm up yeah. or if they're not doing or if they're just jumping in for live training. It's like I think being late for class is a little different. I think and I'm like I'm the number one defender of being late to class. But I think being late to class can be a little different. I think doing warm ups is <clears throat> no, I think black belts get a pass on warm ups. If you want to do warm ups to get your body ready. Cool. But if you don't want to do warm ups. You've been doing that shit 10, 15, 20 years at this point. You get a pass on the warm-ups. So you feel like you've done enough elbow escapes? I'm not saying I'm an expert at elbow escapes. I'm just saying the warm-up portion of the of, of that, I, I can if I can choose to jump in if I want to get my body warmed up. Or, you know what's funny? I teach differently gi than no gi. And so when I teach gi, I never do the warm-ups. I'm always running people through the warm-ups. Okay. But when I teach no gi, I I'm, pretty much almost always do the warm-ups with everybody. No, no-gi is more... Well, I I, I'll that. tell you why. No-gi is more brutal on your body. Like, if you go into a no-gi and you're not warmed up, you're probably going to fucking hurt yourself mm-hmm. because it's 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 so dynamic and explosive, the movements, because there's no grips. It's a constant, like, there's so many yeah. scrambles. So I know for me, the same thing, like... You have to do those warm-ups. You have to do the warm-ups in no-gi because you're probably going to be at a higher risk of injury mm-hmm. if you're not warmed up, like legit warmed up yeah. because it's so much going on in nogi you know um i think that i'm the same way you know like if i've always done warm-ups um gi or no gi it wasn't until i got here that it was kind of like well this is kind of odd the black belts aren't doing the warm-ups mm-hmm. um but i'm with you on like if i do no gi i always do the warm-ups yeah, too, just I because to. i just you know it's 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 different but you know we're talking about nogi and um Something interesting happened this past week. You know, we had a bit of a schedule change, and um, Professor was kind of explaining that <clears throat> the, the Warrior Wednesday schedule now is actually from 8 to 9, and um, it's pretty unique the way they've set it up. Now they're inviting you basically to say, okay, for Warrior Wednesdays, bring your gi um, and no gi. So what he wants you to do is he wants you to do kind of a 50-50 mix is initially kind of the way it was explained. So you can do a 50-50 mix. So you can do half the class in, in gi and then the, the other half in no mm-hmm. gi or vice versa. And then he said it. He goes, or you can do the whole hour in gi. But what I don't want you to do is do the whole hour in no gi because no gi is now right before mm-hmm. 8 o'clock class. And when he said it, it was kind of funny to me because I was like, wait a minute. Why is there a double standard here? 
how come we can do a whole hour of gi if we want to, but you don't want us to do an hour of no gi, right? Mm -hmm. And I was telling you that I, I, I still think that no gi has that redheaded stepchild or redheaded stepchild mm -hmm. cousin kind of feel to it where it's like, yeah, but it's not real jujitsu almost, you know, like it's not really it's play jujitsu. I don't know how to explain it, but it almost has that stigma. Like if you're going to, if you have to choose between the two, you better be fucking choosing gi mm -hmm. every single time over no gi. And, um, I just thought it was funny because of the way, he, you know, the, the way he said it, I was like, Man, we're just gonna shit on Nogi again, you know, because and of course I just happened not to have a gi that night. That was my fuck up. But um <clears throat> I don't know, man. Like have you noticed that that I don't want to inception you, but it just seems to me like Nogi has that rap or that stigma behind it, like, yeah, it's not man, eh, you know, it's just whatever. Know. I was thinking about this today, and that's kind of why I was like telling you I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about gi versus no gi. And because I, I I saw the new schedule and I'm seeing how it's breaking down at our gym and I'll be honest with you right now I'm not real hot about it I'm not real said the guy I'm that not, hasn't done Warrior Wednesday I'm not really digging it at this point <clears throat> I haven't participated in the classes yet but, but you're uh, not digging it you haven't done it I, I do, this is why I don't like on the outside looking at the schedule mm -hmm. I don't like seeing so much nogi okay I feel like like we're not a nogi gym we're we do nogi but we're also a gi gym. I also think, and I was thinking about it because I was, I see a lot of, like a lot of people train nogi. And as a police officer, I should like to train a lot of nogi, right? Because you don't, when you're on the street, you're not using something. Typically, you're not going to be using, especially here in Texas. Someone's not wearing clothing that you can choke them with that often. Okay. So, nogi is very important. And nogi is jujitsu. I think nogi is jujitsu. Uh, but I think gi is the base. And I think you, what you can see is you'll see a lot of if we take if we look at competitors, for instance, you see a lot more people who are high level in gi that can translate it to no gi and still be very high level versus people who are high level in no gi. You don't see very many of those guys jump over and be high level in gi. You, I mean, I honestly can't think of anybody that you saw starting out as high level in no gi. And then they're in, they're in gi and they're destroying people. I, I can't think of a, a single name. I'm sure there's one out there. Mm -hmm. I just can't think of one. But I can think of a shit ton of guys who were crushing people in gi. And then and like they take that. their gi off and they're still crushing people. Marcelo Garcia. Well, yeah. you go, there's a ton, right? And that's why I'm very interested to see what Gordon Ryan does when he starts competing in the gi because he says he's going to. Um, so it would be interesting to see if it translates. So I think gi is still the I think gi is still the base of jujitsu. Like everything comes from that. You know, you learn. Michael Ocampo had a great take on it uh, when we were talking about it, and he, you know, he really felt like gi slows things down and forces you to be detailed, and that that translates to no gi because then you can pick things up speed wise, but you're really good at details at this point because you have to be in no gi. You don't have to be that good at details. Depending on what you're doing. I mean, you still have to be obviously good at details, but not to the level that you have to be in in gi. Um, and so I liked his point on that, and, and he broke it down way better. And I wish he was here right now so we could just have his take on it because he had a great take on it because we kind of discussed it. But yeah, looking at the schedule, I'm like, I, I, I'm a little like, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not super happy about it, to be honest with you. It is, is it because you're old and don't like change? Kind of like the old guy. I wonder. I, I'm kind of wondering. I am like the old guy now, actually. But uh, it's a great movie, by the way. It's a fucking <laughs> one of my top five. But uh, which shows my mindset. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that. I'm not that hot on it. So I, it seems like the schedule. What they've done is they've just made it more balanced. It seems it's more like a 50 50 mix now. I don't think it should be 50 50 though. Really? Okay. So I don't. I think I think it should be like seventy thirty. I think if they had done this, and I'm not I'm not criticizing. So you want three gi and two no gi? I think gi. if you had, I think if you had, I thought Monday was great. Monday didn't make sense that we just had an hour and a half of training. It makes way more sense to go seven to eight fundamentals, eight to nine no gi. Makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, Wednesday's those was so great. Like everybody loved Warrior Wednesday. Everybody loved it. Um, if you're going to do just technique and gi, no gi, then why not keep that 7 to 7.30? That's just no gi technique. All right? Or go 7, 7 to 7.45. Mm-hmm. And then 7.45 to 9 is just all live training. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I, I think people really liked Warrior Wednesday. It was like a real staple of the week. People would miss almost any day but that day. And I'm really curious to see how this changes it. Yeah, so it's only been one day. But I mean, yeah, I've only got year, to see it once. People love so Warrior Wednesday, man. I love Warrior Wednesday. You know that was one day you could go in, and you could work yourself to exhaustion, easily, uh, if you put the effort in. It was not hard, you know. And now, it's not really like that. Like you got an hour of, of nogi, and Dave's a great coach, great coach. I'm really glad we got him teaching nogi. <clears throat> but man, like, like I, it's not this. I don't know if it's going to be the same. And you got, I just don't know. We'll see how it breaks down. Um, we'll see. I, I'm kind of curious to see if that day sticks like that. Yeah. I, like I said, I only, we've only, I, we've only done the one Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seemed like we went right from seven to eight and then eight to nine. We just got after it and the numbers were great. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people on the nogi. I really, I kind of wanted to do nogi, but we hadn't planned on it that night. So well, it's, it's, it's pretty diabolical the way they did it because, if you come from seven to eight, do you really fucking think Brian's gonna let you walk out the door? Oh, you can come to no gi, but you can't stay for the gi. Brian will shame you into staying for both classes, you know. So I don't think the numbers. I think the numbers will be more if anything. Tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesdays. I'm curious to see if people. Well, I'll tell you what. Monday, I saw a lot of new faces in no gi. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just people coming to train no gi that don't train with us, or if that's new students or, or what that was. I know one. I saw he got shamed on Facebook for being there, but. Uh, that poses, but uh, Harry, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he got called out by us, and they call him Henzo Harry. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty funny <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But um, anyway, uh, I don't know, man. We're gonna see, and I know we're, t- we're almost we're getting inside baseball here with our gym. But uh, I'm just, I don't know, man. I think there's, I think that, I think uh, unless you're a nogi gym, and this is my perspective. Unless you're a nogi gym, it should be like 70, 30, 60, 40 breakdown of gi versus nogi. The majority should be gi. Now, this is what I'll say. Before, we didn't have enough nogi. Like, it was too little. But I think we've like overkilled it now. I think we're, oh, we got, we're like at least one class too much on the nogi. That's my personal opinion. That's just my personal opinion on it. But, uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see. So I want your personal opinion in six fucking months when you've actually come to the class. Yeah, I may totally change my mind. Yeah. I may totally change my mind. I may go, oh, this is the perfect mix. Yeah. Maybe. I can't I can't guarantee that. I don't know. We'll see. I just on the outside looking in, man, I have always thought like two day two day I thought I always thought the perfect schedule was having two days of no gi and then the rest gi. 
because I've always with the gyms I've been at that did that uh, were I've I always liked that schedule the best. Now when we were elite, it was different because you had so many different levels and they could pull. It was just totally different. But I mean, they had the ability to pull simultaneous classes. But uh, for our gym, I don't know, man. I don't know. We're gonna see. I just think gi is more important. I think gi is just so. It's just so important. I agree that it is important, but I also see that. I also see the the transition that it's it's moving towards no gi. You know, that's we've talked about this, which are Gordon Ryan's and you know all the every all the exciting tournaments now are in no gi. Mm-hmm. Everybody's winning. Um, I would imagine the percentage is super fucking high with leg locks. You know. You have to do that in nogi, and so for me, I feel like I think it's exciting because it's like I don't think it should be, you know, a three-two kind of thing. I think it should be a fifty-fifty mm-hmm. because hell, I would argue that if I would rather see more nogi classes than gi only because it seems like the people that are having the highest success right now are the guys that are going in nogi. Um, I think it's important to get out there because it gives you that opportunity to focus on those things that we don't we can't do in the gi because it's you know you can't do a heel hook in the gi you know or there's just certain things you can't do in the gi um i just think in the long run it'll benefit the students um to be more involved in no gi because these guys that are specialists in no gi they're the ones that are going to have all the success of the tournaments because they specifically at no gi tournaments at no gi yes i agree with you uh, gi's not going anywhere like, I, I don't. I'm not, not saying it fate, is. I don't think he's. No, I don't think. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that if you want to be successful or, or at least competitive with some of these other guys that specialize in nogi, then you need to be training nogi. You know, I'm not saying get rid of the no. I'm not saying get rid of the gi. Obviously, um, I do think that it's it's rooted in jujitsu, and that's kind of the the foundation of it. Which is weird for me to say because I hated gi for four years when I started. Um, but I do see the benefits of it now that it is it's here. Like if you don't embrace it now, you're going to be left behind. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be that brown or that black belt that gets on the mat and gets owned by a fucking blue belt or a purple belt because they specialize in this one area. Mm-hmm. Now, I, from the other flip side of that, the argument can be, yeah, but once you pass their fucking guard and it's true, we've seen this, you know, all these guys that specialize in leg locks, once you pass their guard, they're fucked for the most part, you know. They they have trouble, you know. I, I've seen I've seen guys that that specialize just in leg locks. These academies here, I've seen them at tournaments get owned fucking thirty to one because once you pass their their fucking leg entanglements, they're fucked. Like they mm-hmm. they're just like oh shit, you know. I only focus on this one thing. Um, so I think that it should be more of a balance. But I think that right now, you know, it's no different than being forced to learn barambolos a few years ago we might never fucking be barambolo guys but we had to learn it because it was the hot shit if you didn't fucking know it yeah you're getting your fucking bag taken you know like you're there's no there's a fucking purple butt that comes from elite name i think his name's richard this asian kid he's fucking like rolling with a goddamn meow brother man it's like i'm twice his size and before i realized this motherfucker's on my back because i don't train it enough Mm -hmm. you know but it's like i think that Sometimes you have to address the trends. You have to recognize that you may not be a fan of gi. <clears throat> I'm sorry, no gi. But it is kind of like it is important to be well-rounded, you know. So I, I think um, I'm excited about it. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm, you know, we'll pencil this. 
and we'll come back to it in six months when you mm-hmm. try the classes and see what you think, man. Look, I'm sure I like the classes. Don't get me wrong. My, this is what I'm saying. Gi is your focus. I think gi it should be the base of your gym, and I, and I'm hesitant. I just think we got. Just, I just think we put in one gi class too much. Is what I one no gi class too much is what it looks like to me. Okay. That's what it looks like to me. I like I like that bookend Monday Friday, getting your no gi in, and then Tuesday Wednesday Thursday is your gi. That's my that's my opinion on it, man. I think gi's more important. I just do. Um, and I didn't always feel that way. When I started, you know, I loved no gi. I thought no gi was the shit. Like I was like, I wanted to do no gi. I didn't want to do anything else because in you know, some ways it's funner. It looks cooler. You get to wear cooler outfits, <laughs> you know. But it's and it's yeah. It's you watch EBI and you watch uh, whatever, and you know some of these tournaments. The hot shit is the no gi uh, stuff because it's faster. It's more explosive. You get the you know, leg entanglements. You get some of the some of the crazy stuff, crazy escapes. Because you're, you know, the way it's set up, you're slippery and it's hard to grab. But man, I just think, you know, honestly, I just think gi is the base of, of, of all jujitsu, and it, I don't, it, it's important. I just think it's very important. It, you need to have a heavier focus on gi than no gi. It's my opinion. It's okay. my opinion. So I'll ask your opinion about something else. <clears throat> Wrist locks versus heel hooks. Ooh. So why does it have to be versus? I'll be. I'll tell you why. Can we agree that because we're talking about nogi and we're talking about that stigma of it, like ugh, you know, yeah. those nogi guys, you know, they're almost like dismissed to the to the corner, you know. Um, I feel the same way about wrist locks and heel hooks. I feel like people shit on wrist locks and heel hookers, heel hookers, heel hooks because it's kind of like I one like of those it. things where when you get hit with a wrist lock or a heel hook, you can almost dismiss it, like yeah, whatever. That's not a real submission. You just got you just caught me in some bullshit. I feel like for the longest time, wrist locks and heel hooks have been looked as cheap fucking wins or cheap fucking. Why? Why is that? That's what I was. I don't understand why it's thought, looked at that way. Okay, so let me ask you. Do you? How do you? Because I'm gonna ask you. I want to get your opinion on this first before I go into the next thing. But do you think that they're looked at as a as a cheap submission? I think they used to be. I, and you know who I think it looked at it like that was Brazilians. Because it was Americans really pushing the boundaries with heel hooks and I don't know about wrist locks. I guess wrist locks. Wrist locks have always been around, but and so I have heel hooks. But um, man, I've never thought of it as a cheap submission. I, it, what it was is it's something that just was, for whatever reason, it really wasn't trained very much. And so then when people started doing a lot of heel hooks and a lot of leg stuff, uh, it, it was an easy submission. But it was an easy submission because the other guy never trained it. So if you caught him in it, they had no, they didn't know what to do. They didn't even know that you were setting it up until you already caught it. Because you remember, Forrest Tom was teaching us heel hooks way back in the day. We were like yeah. white belts and blue belts. And I remember if I would go to a class where guys weren't going to Forrest class, it was easy. It was like all you had to do was shoot into a leg lock and tap, tap. It, it was so easy that you stopped doing it because it, yeah, it was yeah. too easy. Unless you went to someone that was going to force class on a regular basis, then it was a lot more difficult because they knew to look for it. And, and you, know, you knew what they were going for. They knew what you were going for. So I wouldn't say it was a cheap submission. It was easy because other people weren't pushing the boundaries with it or training it. Um, so is it looked at as a cheap submission? I think it used to be. I don't think it is anymore. Now it's looked at as super legit. And we've seen people who don't tap uh, and are legitimately caught. We see the legs get destroyed yeah. you know we've seen some breaks we've seen 
kneecaps moved over to the other side of their leg. We've seen weird shit happen. And you go, oh, that's what happens when you don't tap. And it's a, it's seriously locked in. But you know what's cool also is we've seen the how nuanced it is. Because people who train it all the time, they know. And if you don't train it all the time, and I'm guilty of this too. Someone catches me in a heel hook, for the most part, I'll just tap. Because I don't train it enough to know the nuances to the down to the to the inches or even the millimeters or the centimeters of where my ankle is in danger and where it's not. Cause it's, it's that close with within centimeters of if yeah. someone grabs it, if they don't properly hold it, all you gotta do is shift a little bit and yeah, you can get out of it and your legs not in danger. Cause you see it like with Gary Tonin and them, they'll give people their feet cause they know that they know the difference. They'll know how close they can be or the, the exact inches or whatever that their foot can be torqued and there's no danger. They know what point they're in danger and they know that the other guy doesn't know it as well as they do. So they know they're not afraid at all. Like when they were going against, uh, it was a go, it was toning against, uh, um, Paul Harris. Mm-hmm. Paul Harris is just ripping people's shit, right? He was just, he was just, and it was, and he was getting away with it because the people he was going against weren't, uh, at his, they they hadn't worked, they weren't trained leg locks like he was or they just weren't that that they weren't knowledgeable. But when you saw him go against people who were knowledgeable, um, when you saw him go against people who were knowledgeable, they what was that MMA fight he had with? Um, oh, it was in the UFC. He had a UFC fight and I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, um, Belcher. Belcher, Alan Belcher, who went and yeah. just he. He jumped right in there with him, and because he had been training it and training it, he wasn't in danger. In fact, he put Paul Harris in danger the whole yeah. fight, and and Gary Tonin did the same thing to him. And they had been training the leg like game so much that they knew the difference. So, you know, it's 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 another aspect of jujitsu that's being developed, and you know, it's just an overall aspect. I I, I think leg locks are awesome. I think <clears> wrist locks <throat> are awesome. I don't know. I know basics about wrist locks <clears throat> because most people, you know, once you secure the uh, the elbow in some form or fashion, lock that arm in. Yeah, there's always one there. All yeah. you got, all you got to do is hit it. Now, there's a lot of intricacies to wrist locks. I don't know, and I know there's like a whole system of using wrist locks in all kinds of different weird positions. But I do look for it for sure. If I can lock the arm in, depending on the level of the person I'm training with, if I can lock the arm in, I can grab the wrist. You know, fuck yeah, that's a legit. So. What do you hate more? Do you hate tapping to a wrist lock or a heel hook? Wrist lock. Really? I, I get pissed if I tap to a wrist lock. Because I feel <laughs> like it's, I feel like I just. Uh, so again, so it sounds almost like you do dismiss a heel hook almost like it's a cheap move. Like I don't really, I'm not even going to try to defend it. So fuck it. It doesn't really count as a, as a tap. But a wrist lock, you feel like I kind of have some knowledge of it. I shouldn't be tapping yeah. to that. Just real quick. <laughs> so, um, some old lady. She says we're not live. So I promise. <laughs> Here we go ahead. So you're saying no. I'm lock. saying you're saying you would rather you hate tapping to uh, a wrist lock more than a heel hook. I do. I don't know. I feel like wrist locks are. I feel like such a. Like you son of a bitch! Like I'm, yeah. like, you know, I'm, my hands. You know, it's like I don't know. What, like when if you give me a legit heel hook, I'm like it's fucking legit. It's it's like you got me. Like I mean, that was good. I, I should have been more careful. With the wrist locks, I'm like, I don't know. 
I, 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 this is legit. I just, I get more pissed about a wrist lock. So funny. Like uh, last night, I rode with uh, Hos- I call him Hospice Harry, aka Henzo, Henzo Harry, aka, uh, AKA Darkside Dark Harry. Harry. He's got three um, nicknames. God damn! And he fucking he hooked me like I don't know twenty something times. And every time I he caught me in the heel hook, I didn't feel like. Um, and we had a conversation afterwards. I was like, "Hey, um, dickhead!" I was like, "At some point, you think maybe you could teach me uh, how to get out of these? I mean, you've got to be bored of tapping me with these goddamn heel hooks, right?" Mm-hmm. So we kind of had a laugh about it. When I get hit with a wrist lock, I think it's the coolest, funniest shit ever because I love wrist lock. I love catching people in wrist locks, right? Like when I roll with Professor Mike. It's like he hit me with a nasty one of the day. Speaking of wrist locks. And exactly. And he hit me with a wrist lock and it was kind of like I never for a moment felt like angry or frustrated or like, fuck this. It was like immediate like joy, like, God damn it, you sneaky bastard. Like I knew that was coming and it was just so sneaky and slick the way he hit it. I get so excited about wrist locks like there's. I've never been wrist locked and never felt like I just didn't learn some cool shit or, you know, like teach me that, you know, with heel hooks <clears throat> right now in heel hooks, I'm more of like the mindset of, Hey, just teach me how to fucking get out of that, you know, without fucking blowing my whole shit out. Um, for heel hooks, I feel more like I want to, it's more of a defensive thing. Like I want to learn them because uh-huh. I don't, I want to be knowledgeable enough to defend them. But with wrist locks, there's always that excitement. Like, I really fucking want to learn this. Like this shit just is the coolest shit ever because nobody thinks about the wrist. Now, every, you know, everything's fucking the hot shit right now is, is the legs, but nobody really ever goes for wrist, you know? So I kind of feel you on that one. Like I, for me, like I don't, I oh, actually, I'm the, I, I rather, I get pissed tapping to heel hooks. Uh-huh. I get excited about wrist locks. When I tap to wrist lock, it's like, fuck yeah. Like that's the devil's fucking art right there. Like, Teach me that shit, you know. So yeah, I, like, I, I like them both. Yeah. You know what I mean. But yeah, if you ask me which one annoys me the most, yeah, I don't know why wrist locks. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I got tricked. <laughs> if that makes sense. Where heel hooks, I've you know we've been seeing heel hooks forever. So, uh, you know, if someone catches me in a heel hook, I'm kind of like, all right, good. I feel like I feel like I'm learning more. Like okay, good. I'm learning. Okay, I saw what happened there. You know, I don't know. That's a that's a good one. So. All right, I thought about we talked about this. I thought we start doing like a weekly segment on um, for white belts. Okay, and I thought we could call it uh, "Dear White Belts." And you know, if we were white belts, I don't think we're live, by the way. Yeah, I don't think so either. I just checked it to Texas Jason. If we were if we were white belts, um, there's so many things I wish. I had been told, and it's not. I'm not going to go. It's not unspoken rules. It's yeah. just these direct are, shit. Like this is just hey, this told, is just white yeah. belts. This is just stuff that you should know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say so. There's stuff white belts do that irritate the shit out of everybody. But because you're a white belt, you don't fucking realize you're irritating the shit out of people. All right, I'll hit you with a small one. Um, dear white belts, uh, if you're in someone's guard, don't fucking grind your elbows into their thighs. Why do people do this? I think because people have heard of so many bullshit martial arts and they think about pressure points and pain compliance. But when you do that to anybody that's got six months in at least, they're going to punish you, man. Like, it's not going to be nice, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
So that would be that would be a small thing that I would say, dear white belt, if you're in someone's guard, don't fucking try to open up their guard by grinding your elbows into the the thighs. And sure as shit, don't try to submit anybody from inside of their fucking guard, dumbass. Like, <laughs> that's going to get your ass swept and submitted quicker than anything else. So I guess we are alive. Just so we're alive, but there's a, I don't know. Anyway, so, okay, that's a good one. So, like, when someone does it, so what do you do? If someone uh, if somebody grinds into my thing. Yeah. Um, they're a white belt. If they're above a white belt and they do that, I'm like, bro. Ooh, that's a fucking but, good one. Let's just go to white belts. All right, so, so let's go to white belts. Um. I'm trying to think the last time that happened to me. It's, it's been a minute, but um, uh, normally what I'll do is I'll usually cut behind the elbows and flare them out, and then I'll do I'll usually catch a sweep from there and then get a submission. But I'm trying to think like it just depends. Like if the guy's kind of a dick bag, I may not take the time that I should have to say, "Hey, when you do that." doesn't really do shit other than fucking piss people off it's not a good escape you're never going to get out from there you that shit might work on another white belt but you do that to a higher belt you're just going to piss them off and they're going to punish you for that shit so you know let's work on an actual break guard break not this bullshit here that's not going to help you um but yeah i normally will just make you i normally just cup the elbows flare them out and then get a sweep out of it but you know I don't know, you know that I'm do? having that conversation. Like you know what I do with a white belt? When they start to do... Actually, with anybody, honestly. Usually. But with a white belt, I just put my hands behind my head. I'm like, let me know when you're done. Nah, fuck that. Because I I, know, it doesn't hurt. I, and I want them that. to see... I know with a fucking no, 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 no. Nah. I want them to see... Well, I've got this, I guess if you did some squats, it well, wouldn't bother you as much. Skin, so. You got the gentle body. If I, uh, I just like to see them like, do it, do it, do it. And I'm just like... You're not doesn't you're not doing anything. Like you're literally all you're doing is just trying to push pressure on my legs. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You think that's gonna open my? If that's all it took to open people's guards, like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, so right. I I just sit there for a little while till you get tired of it, and then I'll tell them, hey man, that doesn't work. Do this, you know. And I'll kind of correct them. If you're a blue belt and above and you're doing that, now you got my attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like at this point, you should know yeah. if that's a dickhead move. Uh, it doesn't really work unless you're going with a white belt. You're bullying them, uh, and you're just being a, you're just trying to fucking cause pain. So now, yeah, now the elbows are getting flared out. That little plotter or sweep is coming next, and it's not going to be gentle. Yeah, you know, the rest of this role is not going to be gentle. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's that's definitely a, a thing. Yeah, don't grind your don't grind your elbows into someone's legs. Let me give you another one. I think we'll go like two per second like this because if we started running oh, through yeah, it we could run through fucking, yeah. so this will be the last one on the deer deer web so we'll just say let's have we'll do this for the segment we'll like you do one and then i'll do one and then we'll try to make this last every week we'll see how long we can pull it off so i'll say dear white belts stop expecting to learn everything right away mm. nothing frustrates me more than when a white belt's like it's not working i don't understand like what am i doing wrong yeah, it's like you're not doing anything wrong. You just you're a fucking white belt, and you're barely learning this. It's taking people years to get good at this, and like you're learning this technique that is simple or not simple, it's nuanced, and it's going to take you a long time to learn. So don't look like you're so frustrated, like the technique's not working, you know, uh, or why am I not learning this right away? It's like, man, bro, be patient. Understand, just accept you're not probably not going to learn the technique the first time, right away. It's, it's just not, you're going to learn 
the, gen, the, the generalities of the technique and you're going to have a concept of the technique the first time you learn it, but it's going to be probably more than likely at least a year or two before you actually go, oh, I know how to do this technique now properly, at least for the most part. That's a good one, man, because, yeah, you do see that a lot. You know, you see those young Thundercats and they're just over overly zealous and just think that it's going to happen in one class, you know, of jujitsu that it's just like, oh, I'm going to figure this out. Um, and you see the frustration when it doesn't work. Normally what I try to do, especially with the lower belts, is like when they do something exactly the way it was taught, but it still doesn't work. Like you said, it's not that it doesn't work because you did it wrong, but you under, have to understand we've seen that position fucking 10,000 times, not more, you know. Our timing is way higher than yours, so we know where you're going before you're even, you know, we're two, three steps ahead of you most of the time. And I usually would take a minute to let them know, like, hey, that shit was awesome. You did everything correct. I just want you to know that the only reason it didn't work is because I knew what you were doing. I mean, mm -hmm. we just drilled it in class. Um, I've seen it a thousand fucking times. Um, I try to be encouraging when they do everything that we just went through. You mm -hmm. know, if they're trying to actually pull the, t the, the move of the night off or doing the technique of the night, it's like, that's fucking awesome to me. Like, I will let you work, 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 um, just to see kind of if you can troubleshoot your way through it. And then I'm super encouraging about it. Um, if you don't make it because it's like, yeah, I'm going to let you get there, but I'm not going to let you fucking submit me all the way with it, you know? But that's a, that's a great one, man, because <clears throat> fuck dude, it's, you know, it's, it's a fucking marathon, man. It's not a fucking sprint. Like this shit. They expect it like, yeah, well, not everybody, but a lot of guys are like, why isn't it working? I had one guy, he was always a purple belt. He was a white belt. He was a lot bigger than me and he was kind of athletic. He was trying to do this guard pass. I think it might have been a bullfighter guard pass or something that we had learned. And he kept trying to do it and trying to do it and trying to do different moves to try to pass my guard, and he could never pass my guard. And Skylar McClellan was uh, was teaching there at the time, too. And it was like me, Skylar, and, and then LeBron, and then there was like, like a bunch of white belts and maybe a couple of blue belts at that point. And I remember he could never pass my guard. And he got so mad. He was like, why? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why I can't pass his guard. And finally, Scotto looked at him and goes, bro, he's a purple belt. You're a white belt. You're not supposed to be able to pass this guard. <laughs> and he, the guy just still, the guy quit. The guy still just, he, he just couldn't deal with it. He could not cope with the fact that yeah. he couldn't muscle through something. You know, it, it, it's funny, man. It's funny. Don't quit just because you can't do something, man. Just just stick with the guys. I promise you, eventually it all comes. Nah, it's a good segment. I already got one for next week. Oh, yeah. Um, but before we get going, I want to quickly uh, give a little shout out to our buddy, Brody. Brody has a super fight on Saturday, January 12th um, at the Scout Bar in Houston. So Webster. Yeah. You've been there? I've never been to Scout Bar. Yeah. Been to Webster. That's I've heard of it. I've just never tracks. been there. I've heard it. All. I've yeah, I've never been there. So That's going to be epic. Got Keenan Cornelius going to be fighting out there. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'm thinking I might fighting. do, um, I think he's got a seminar that same weekend. Yeah, he does. So I don't know what doing that it's one. Like I think it's like 100 bucks. Yeah. It's not bad. No, hell no. Holly's telling me I should go, so I think I might try to go to Where that. Is it, it's going to be? It's, it's Gee. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's Gee. What day is it going to be? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go look at uh, it. Up. Well, I guess probably maybe the day before. But um, be like Friday, maybe. Yeah, again, just shout out to Brody. If you guys need tickets, just see any one of us at Henzo. They're $25 and just want a table. Again, come out. Show David Costa's got Brody. a fight coming up too, right? Dave's got a fight coming up. Uh, s 
uh, next Saturday or this coming Saturday. He is, let me see. He is in um, Sacramento and he is fighting uh, a guy named Bautista. Sacramento, California, Sactown. Not Dave Bautista, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this guy's name is uh, Bautista. Team, so. So. Um, and so I had a, I had a good question. So I put it out earlier, and like I always do this uh, every week. Man, if you guys got questions, uh, DM Ronnie, DM me, send it, whatever. Uh, send it to us. So and when we get to it, we'll read it on, on uh, our podcast. And this was a really good one. And I, it was a, it's a guy that's just started training. Um, and I'll read his question. It's uh, on Instagram. He's adventures equal adventure equals life. Uh, I don't know what his real name, name is. <coughs> J, J Hood. It's a pretty cool name, actually. So anyway, sorry about that. Uh, so the question was this. My question would not fit into the box. As a new practitioner to jujitsu, I usually roll with other newbies like me. The issue is at 6'5 and 240 pounds, I sometimes roll with small females. I obviously don't want to use my size and strength to just be a D-bag and overpower them. But on the flip side, I don't want to patronize them by holding back too much. Uh, how do you find the middle ground for this? It places me as a very new student in a very large guy in an awkward predicament. Thanks. So that was a really good question. All right. So I'll give you my take on it real quick because I know we got to go choke some folks. But um, my honest, and this is going to sound harsh, but the first thing I would tell him is stop fucking rolling with newbies. Okay. Um, that's one thing that doesn't make sense to me is that you're, you see it all the time, like where every time people say partner up, the white belts always grab the white belts. And then I, I just think that's a disaster. You should always have a higher belt with a lower belt. Um, I think that if he focused on rolling with higher belts, his size will be less of a factor because the higher belts and at least at purple belt level, they have enough knowledge and foundation where they can deal with someone twice their size. So I think it'll give them a little bit more freedom. I'm not saying go in there and smash a purple belt because you're obviously still going to have the size advantage. Um, but I think you'll you'll feel a little bit more free to, to explore a little bit more because the purple belt in theory, as you're training with some raggedy ass purple belts, they should be able to 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 manage you a little bit better. Um, that would be the first thing I would say is don't don't go and find um, newbies to roll with. If you can, even during the partner up process when you're doing the technique, find a higher belt um, because I think uh, it's easier to learn from a higher belt than two white belts trying to fucking. You know, they don't they're too embarrassed. They don't want to ask coach for help. So it's like, you know, now you, you and I did it. How many times did you that you and I try to coach each other through a fucking move and we were white butts <laughs> and we were just reinforcing bad habits, oh, you know, but that's what happens. You become besties with somebody. You're like, fuck it. You know, we're just going to fucking ride let's or just, die. Let's just do lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do lockdown for five minutes, you know, but it's like I would tell him um, stop seeking out newbies. Uh, let's look for higher belts, at yeah. least purple belts, because I think they'll challenge you a little bit more. They'll. I think you'll see that I think that he'll get his mind blown with the fact that even if they're smaller than him at purple belt level and above, they'll be able to to manage him a little bit better mm -hmm. and it'll it'll give him a little bit more freedom. Now, as far as the girls thing, it's that that's a tough one because we didn't even really get a good answer on that because I had the same question is What's more, quote unquote, disrespectful to smash a girl because you're bigger than her 
or to roll light with her and then it's offensive as well because it's like oh you're not even gonna roll with me right because i'm a girl man i still don't really have a great answer for that other than you have to focus on your technique and that's not an option for right now because he has very little or mm-hmm. to none technique because he just started. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I normally would never say this, but because he is a novice, I would say for now, if he can avoid rolling with girls, I think that's the best thing to do until he gets more sk- more knowledge and skill to be able to control himself and his body a little bit better. He'll figure it out. And you know you will. In time, you know exactly where to put your hands. You know kind of focus on technique versus, you know, size. And that should be a given with anything in jujitsu. But, um, my only take on it for now is just stop fucking with these newbies. Don't, don't partner up with them. Um, get out of your comfort zone, find a purple belt and above. And maybe for now, don't roll with fucking girls because if you're thinking about it that much, it's, that's not what it's supposed to be about. Jujitsu is not supposed to be a fucking part-time job. It's supposed to be fun. And if, you're constantly worrying about uh, I don't want I don't know how to roll with this girl because I don't want to put my hand here mm-hmm. or I don't want to crush her or I don't want to offend her. Don't fucking roll with her because that's taken away from your fucking training. Just find higher belts to roll with for now. That's what I would say. My initial advice would just be because he's new. That's it. I think that's great advice. And I, you know, we've had a couple guys at the gym like that that are big athletic. First of all, six five two forty Texans need help. <laughs> I don't know if you'd watched the last playoff game. I did. Looked horrible. Like I'm pretty sure they could use a tight end. Are we still in it? Are we going to Super Bowl? What's going yeah, on? you guys are out. Oh, you right. guys are out in an ugly way. Um, yeah, Texans probably looking for a tight end right now. Give them a call. Number two, uh, if you're going to continue training, though, I, I agree with everything Ronnie said. I think I think you nailed it. Like look for upper belts to roll with. Um, they'll and number one, they can deal with you a lot better, and they're going to help you kind of focus on your technique when you roll with them because they'll. Tell you when you're kind of you'll be able to feel a lot better when you're muscling things with the with the upper belt because you'll you know they'll have a technique on you and you muscle through it you know you'll be able to feel that a little better. Yeah. And as far as rolling with females, I you know I would at your size. I don't think this is shitty to say. I, I would just not roll with females, and, I, and unless it's a, a large female, maybe. But I would just exp, you know, it's what good. I mean, how are you gonna? You have no technique to fall back on. Like a, a large guy who's really well trained, been training a long time can't just use technique to roll with a female and it'll work but it's your size like all you really know and for how long you've been training because you're new and i'm not sure exactly how long he's been training but he says new to be to jujitsu it's it's neither one of you i think are getting much out of it you're so big and so strong that the female's probably not getting anything out of it because you have to handle everything uh and she's so small and so unable to defend herself against you that I mean, what are you really getting out of it? Because all you're concerned about is not crushing being a her, dick yeah, and yeah. crushing her, and you know, it's almost it's almost like a, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with everything you said. I think you nailed that one right yeah. on the head. Um, I would talk to the academy too because um, first of all, why is a girl training jujitsu? She should be bringing in the sandwiches. That's a good um, question. So, like at our gym, the ladies yeah, always bring in sandwiches, sandwiches before rolling. Yes. So, look no into sandwiches, that. you don't get to train. Yeah, that's how, as God intended it. God intended it. Trump. Why? America. That's why. Amen. Build the wall. <laughs> Isn't Trump talking tonight? I wonder if he's going to talk about it. Yeah, man. Um, I have no interest in it. Like, you know, I'm not into politics, but this well, one actually I just, if he comes attention. out and says, no, women can't train till they bring in sandwiches oh, and build the wall, I think he's getting elected to another two or three times. <laughs> Damn the U.S. Yeah. Constitution. 
<laughs> yeah, he'll just fucking erase that part of it. Like, nah, <laughs> he gets it. I'm, pencil. I'm just going to be the new Putin. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're back. Uh, it's been a little bit of a little bit of a break. Oh, so confirm James Markle for next Tuesday. Okay. And Josh Hill for the Tuesday after that. And then we're gonna uh, Beast Mode Brody's dad hit me up and said he's very excited about it. So maybe we can bring him on as a little guest spot the week after that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when what's the calendar look like? Because right now is uh, what's today's date? Okay, so Brody has a super fight on the twelfth, right? Yeah. So we're looking at the fifteenth through Markle, twenty second Josh. And maybe the 29th, we can bring Beast Mode Brody on. Finish out the month. It'd be good, man, because he'll be out for his fight and talk about it a little bit. See how he yeah, kinda, he's a good kid. He's a cool yeah. kid, man. He's always asking about the podcast. and uh, I think, you know. Yeah, it'll be, fun. it'll be fun. Maybe we, we'll be his first interview when he makes it big <laughs> and he's crushing Gordon Ryan and, him yeah. and they're having their Cyborg or Brady moment. <laughs> And he's like, this kid doesn't respect <laughs> the elders. And he's like, I don't even show up to world. I'm crushing all you people. Just stay home. Yeah. We were his first interview. Nah, Brody's Brody's dad is too. He's too involved. He's too much of a good guy to make sure that that uh -huh. kid will stay on track. So yeah. But let's get out of here, I man. Guess, let's go well, have some fun. Uh, peace. We'll see you next week. Just so weird, man. Just shut it down, Jesus. Shut it down. <laughs>